Welcome to Kitchen Table Theology, where we nourish our faith at the kitchen table. I'm Alyssa. I'm Sam. And I'm Sarah. Join us at the table as we talk about what it means to be a follower of Christ today. So grab a drink and your Bible and pull up a chair. Mm, yeah, that's fine. Oh, there we go. Now I can hear you. Keep talking. Okay, I am currently. Your wife is so quiet. I told you. I am currently <laughs> trying <laughs> to get our Instagram set up, and that's a blah, good blah, level. Blah 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 blah. That's Sam's calm. Yeah, that is, like, that's my calm voice. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> that was so much louder. That's my normal voice. <laughs> Give me your normal voice. Tell me what you had for breakfast. <laughs> I haven't eaten breakfast. I'm what eating right now. Right now? I'm drinking excited. black tea. You're drinking black tea? Uh-huh. That sounds great. Because I love black tea. Do you think Paul liked black tea? Oh, damn. Paul Paul's sure liked it. worst. <laughs> In your words, Sam, what's the podcast about? Hey, let's start with the name. Kitchen Table Theology. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why? Because we love being in the kitchen? <laughs> we are women, after all. <laughs> love the kitchen. So for reference, <laughs> we are all roommates, and we live together with also my husband. <laughs> um, yeah, and this all started because we would just stay up super late and spend forever talking at the kitchen counter. But kitchen table sounds a little bit more aesthetic. It's where we are now. That's you can't really set up late. podcast equipment on a kitchen counter. No. It doesn't work. It's too much standing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Okay. All right. What is our catchphrase? Our, ca- our catchphrase slash <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> is nourish your faith at the kitchen table. Damn. 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 And then we curse. Um, This is going to be our first episode where we introduce ourselves and maybe get into some theology. But in the meantime, we'll just introduce ourselves. Uh, My name is Sarah, and my current hobby is all of them. Um, My favorite beverage, or I guess the current beverage that I'm drinking is vanilla green tea and my favorite bible verse is luke 643 what is luke 643 yeah Um, i do not have the bible memorized let me pull up i don't too i would love to but i just don't see that happening i trust you all right luke 643 no good tree bears bad fruit nor does a bad tree bear good fruit oh so sweet you do love nature do yeah yeah that's fitting for you who else do we have over here oh Interesting. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be the next, but anyway, my name is Sam. Uh, what is the next thing? Your current hobby. Oh my God. That is so hard. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a hobby, but I love reading and I think reading falls as my hobby. And I'm trying to love nature, but nature doesn't love me. So I think <laughs> what do you somewhere mean, in my doesn't next. love you. It doesn't. Like, like, I like being outside, but as an outside doesn't like me being outside. Why? <laughs> what happens when you go outside? Nothing. You don't sunburn. <laughs> At least you can step outside without having to put on 10 pounds of sunscreen. Yeah, yeah I know. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> I still don't understand, and that's okay. Yeah. Ask me on the fourth podcast. <laughs> oh. Okay, and I'll share more. All right. But, what are you drinking? Okay, I'm currently drinking black tea, but black tea is not really my favorite. My favorite is lemon ginger tea. Mm-hmm. I love lemon ginger tea without sweetener, without anything. So it's just like the most refreshing thing ever. Uh, but I also just love anything that is hot. Mm-hmm. So counts. It does. There you go. My favorite verse. I also struggle remembering memory verse. If you had told me my favorite chapter or book, then I would get it easy. 
But last week I was reading the book of Acts, so I'm going to pick Acts. So it's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. It is. Jesus' words. Yeah. Jesus' words are the best, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> red text only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my only Bible is the red text. I don't read anything else. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey guys, I'm Alyssa. I am currently learning piano as of the last two weeks and have purchased <laughs> keyboards. So really thriving, thriving in it. Um, have learned one page of a song. Oh, nice. I'm You're moving. Good. I'm feeling You're good. Like moving yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, and I like to read and run. And those are probably, that's about it. Um, let's see. I'm currently drinking vanilla chai tea. It is my last vanilla chai tea, and I have had this box for three years. I'm oh my gosh! Several of those. Please, it, I'm not kidding. I had that box for years. I never <laughs> finished it, so I'm grateful that others could enjoy. And then my favorite verse changes daily, but mm-hmm. today it is in the Psalms. I've been really getting into the Psalms lately. <sighs> David's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Psalm 33, verse 20 through 22. I picked three, guys. Sorry. Yeah, um, it counts. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. It just brings me up. Yeah. 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 Nice it's a good verse. It's a good verse. Unlike the majority of... Well, it's the end. So, you know, <laughs> we went through all of the woe is me parts and now right. we're yeah. at the praise right, the Lord right. part, you there know? There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Got he it. chose the good part. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I felt the early part, but mm-hmm. yeah. hoping to feel the good part. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> so, what is this? What are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought we could talk about cultural Christianity, like our experience with Christianity. Um, yeah, because we all have somewhat different. I mean, everyone has different experiences, yeah. mm-hmm. and even among the three of us, we have different experiences. Um, I myself have a pretty stereotypical journey. I my parents were Christian. I was raised Christian, and I've identified as Christian my whole life. Um, yeah, I, I've gone to a couple different churches, mostly non-denominational. Take that as you will. Um, I interned when I was twenty at one of our local churches, and. Yeah, it's just, it's been an integral part of my life. Um, I've done some youth ministry, but not quite as much as Alyssa or Sam here. <laughs> if you want to give us a nice little summary, Sam, of your... Um, I think my story is similar to yours. I Both my parents are Christians. Um, my dad has converted more than 10 times, but he's too conscious <laughs> I'm of sorry, Christian. wait, he's what? what? He's he has been... accepted Christ 10 times or so. You know but, what? Wow. Good for him. I know. It's like, I don't know if he's going to get to, into heaven 10 times, <laughs> but it counts, you know. Yeah. I love him for it. But I uh, was raised a Christian. Uh, it's been a good journey. But I think I found Christ on my own somewhere around 17 or 18, which is an interesting story that mm-hmm. needs so much time. And then after finding Christ, I then got into ministry and tried to find my way into ministry. And that has not been a fun, easy journey. Uh, so much growth, so much strength, so much crying, so much everything. I think yeah. theology is one of the best and most exposing things. Like it exposes me and it exposes so many things about the world. Um, yeah. And then got into 
youth ministry and I've been in youth ministry on and off for like six years now. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I just really want to shout out youth ministry because that's how we all met mm-hmm. was through youth ministry. Well, my, my husband yeah. did uh, youth ministry with both Alyssa and Sam and Alyssa got me into working in the preschool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She was one of my amazing preschool yeah. teachers. Oh, mm-hmm. so much preschoolers are my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I just want to take that moment to say thanks youth ministry for bringing right. these women into my life. Uh huh. Uh huh. And thanks to the kitchen too. I am the oddball of the group, as usual. I did not grow up in a Christian household, but I did end up going to Catholic school my whole life. So I had kind of heard about Jesus, kind of heard about theology, learned a lot about Catholicism. And my grandparents were Christians, but they're the fire and brimstone type. So those were the two experiences I had until college when I finally gave my life to Christ. I think I was like 20. Um, And then like my whole world changed. It was one of those really cool things that you hear about of you live one way and then you accept Christ and suddenly like all, not the desires go away, but the urges and like the need to act on those desires Mm -hmm. vanishes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm super grateful for that. And similar to Sam, when I gave my life to Christ, I then started pursuing ministry, but a lot of it just fell into my lap, which was all God. Like I a friend of a friend needed a youth leader and my friend didn't want to do it. So she was like, Hey, my roommate's interested. So then I got into youth ministry, loved it, met amazing people, jumped all around, wound up working at a church for like two years. <laughs> and I never thought I would work at a church. Um, started leading children's ministry. Never thought I was going to do that either. So all of these things have just kind of happened, which mm-hmm. is why I'm like, okay, God, this is you. I am not pursuing this. Mm-hmm. I did not want this, but I, I love it. And, um, yeah, now I am applying to seminary and hoping to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I have a bit fun. of a different journey. My family is anti-Christian mm-hmm. um, and I'm very pro. So <laughs> it's a constant battle, but we fight it every day. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That is so good. Yeah. That's so good. So I that's why I love talking about cultural Christianity with people mm-hmm. who have grown up in it because mm-hmm. I haven't. I don't know what right. that's like. Like mm-hmm. all of this church stuff is new. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up learning scripture i didn't grow up in children's ministry i didn't grow up in youth ministry like what are these things they're foreign Mm -hmm. they're yeah a different language and i'm still learning it five years later (laughs) after being in it there's so much that um as a lifelong christian i've just kind of taken for granted like there are just several phrases or like concepts that i'm just kind of um i've learned and kind of accepted just as they are like not not just blindly following but you know i've just accepted that's how things are without, you know, just coming into it and asking these questions. And so I'm in a discipleship group with Alyssa and we're talking about the Holy Spirit and she's just kind of like, what is the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. And then I was honestly, us other two women who are lifelong Christians, which is like, uh, (laughs) that's a really good question. Like we know the Holy Spirit as someone, you know, part of the Trinity. Yeah. Um, But I've kind of just accepted the divine mystery of the Trinity and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's something that we want to talk about eventually is just like really digging into um, all the scripture that points to the Holy Spirit. But yeah, there's just these concepts that as a lifelong Christian, I've just... Yeah. One question I have for you two lifelong Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you come to f- know faith as your own? Like what mm-hmm. was that... 
point where it was, wasn't just, oh, my family's Christian. I go to church all the time. Like I believe in Jesus, but what, how do you know it's that moment when it's your faith and you've given your life to Jesus? Hmm. Cause when you're not a Christian like me and you're like, well, I know now because I've won now, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's right. just a different right. experience. Um, I think I think that's quite hard to put on, but but I think for me it was it was quite a little bit easier because I was raised in the Salvation Army. I love the Salvation Army. No, no. Fear. How did I not know this about you? You were raised in the Salvation Army. I was raised in the Salvation Army. I just don't talk about it. What? <laughs> Why? What? I was raised in the Salvation Army, and I, I and I actually yeah I still subscribe to the Salvation Army. I know a lot of Salvation Army songs, but um. But yeah, but that will explain why. Yeah, <laughs> so I was raised in the Salvation Army. I love the Salvation Army, and um, in the Salvation Army, we we we, I don't know. I don't want to say we, but uh, the Salvation Army doesn't really um, do baptism in water. Mm. So it's quite a, a an interesting uh, theology that uh, because they believe in baptism by the Spirit, like what Jesus did. Uh, you know, when Jesus came and He said, "I'll baptize by the Spirit," uh, part part of that. And then um, I think somewhere around when I was seventeen or eighteen, I just got interested in why is it that I was not baptized in water. Mm. And I think my mom's sister also invited me into a Pentecostal church. So there was something different about going to a Pentecostal church. People spoke in tongues, people prayed aloud, mm. uh, people prophesied. There was just something different about being in that space. And I wanted to know, and I felt like I didn't know God being in that space with people who felt like they were closer to God mm. or they had something different. Um, yeah. And that brought me to want to pursue God on my own and to try to understand and find uh, so many things. Like, like what you're saying, pneumatology is one of the t- toughest topics for me. Pneumatology? What is that? For those of us that are not, uh, you know, in a master's program, learning all of these things, what is that? Okay. <laughs> so it's just the study of the Holy Spirit and everything. So I think just, um, just also, I was so confused by the Holy Spirit on 17 or 18 mm-hmm. and wanted to understand what, what is it, you know? And I think that, that exploration led to me developing my own personal relationship with God. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I started pursuing God on my own and figuring it out. And I'm 30 and I still don't know what I'm doing. No, we never will. <laughs> don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess for me, when I was six years old is when I like prayed the prayer. And I remember I was like in my childhood home, like just in the hallway. And I was just like, you know what? Today's the day. And I like asked my mom, like, I want Jesus in my heart. Um, so we prayed the prayer. And I can't remember how old I was. I think it was like nine eight or nine when I got baptized finally. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my two siblings and I, we all got baptized the same day. Um, and it was honestly my brother, he's he's the youngest, was the one that wanted to get baptized. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I need to make this proclamation as well. Mm. But then throughout middle school, like the rest of elementary school and middle school, middle school was especially hard. That was like probably the only time that I was really, really questioning my faith because I had friends that, like, almost all of my friends weren't Christian, and they were asking some pretty tough questions, like, what happens to people who don't believe? And, you know, I mm-hmm. um, I thought I answered pretty well to the extent that I could as a... A middle what, schooler? Like a yeah. 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, like, the first time I was like, oh, man, there's some big questions. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't really have anyone that I felt safe, like, asking. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until high school that uh, my youth pastor, who's also, I consider my 
probably my biggest mentor, he hosted a, an apologetics course. And I got so interested in that. And that made me fall in love with like philosophy and just like debating. I love debating. Um, much to the chagrin of my husband. I just love <laughs> <And> debating. <roommates. laughs> but um, anyways, uh, yeah. And so that was like the first time that I really delved into faith as my own. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to when um, I graduated high school and I was 17 and my ex-boyfriend and I moved to Idaho to go work. And um, as some people might know about Idaho, there's a pretty large um, Mormon LDS population there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this was like the first time that I was really questioning my own religion. Mm -hmm. Like everyone around me was LDS and they were all super loving and supportive. And I just went through a really tough time. And so I thought about converting to LDS, actually. Whoa. I Whoa. I learned so much yeah. about both of you today. Yeah. And I straight up called them. and like, I'm getting baptized into the LDS church. Oh, you and made it far in then. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted, I just, I wanted like everyone that like showed me love. Yeah. LDS. I'm like, I yeah. want that. Yeah. And like, they don't believe in too many different things. I didn't know very much. <laughs> and, and I'm not here to, to badmouth or bash LDS again, because I've had, I've personally only had good experiences with them. Yeah. And they were super loving. But then I came back home and was telling my parents, like, I'm going to the LDS church and I'm getting baptized no matter. And mind you, I am 17, just turned 18 by this time. And they were like, uh, absolutely not. Like, we want you to think about this for a little bit. And then um, the missionaries from Idaho got my information and sent missionaries to Portland, which is where we're based. And <laughs> they were very persistent. Mm-hmm. And Did they go to your home? They did. <gasps> no, they did not. They did. Not the ones from Idaho. Right, but the, the ones yeah. here. Yep. They, yeah, they do. were very persistent. Well, yeah, but like, uh-huh. did they, they got, specifically go to like try and talk to your parents? No, they kept, they they would try to come when my parents weren't home. Oh, okay. To try and talk to me. Okay. Oh. To get around my parents. Okay, sorry. So you had moved home and then they had, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I think I missed that part. I think that was like one of the only times I've ever seen my mom yell at anyone besides us as like tiny children was when she was finally so fed up. And mind you, at this, at this at this point, I decided I didn't want to convert. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be part of it. But they kept coming. They were, again, very persistent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. And so, like, after that, I really started to assess why I didn't want to convert. And, like, why I want to stay with my current religion. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really taken much time to fully look at all of that. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that, that was pretty much like 17, 18 yeah. as well is also one of my most formative years for coming to Christ or like coming to my current denomination of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. remember what it was that convinced you not to convert? Yeah. Um, again, without saying anything negative about LDS, um, there were just some theological things I just really didn't agree with. Um, I still didn't acknowledge any of their their doctrine mm-hmm. aside from the Bible. Gotcha. And I had huge issue with the majority of all of that. And mm-hmm. 
um, I really just liked the people and how loving they were to me and yeah. how accepting they were of me. And I liked doing our Bible studies because they, they still use the same Bible. Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. They just have all this other stuff. And so I liked all that aspect. Um, but yeah, I think just based on a very fundamental theological standpoint and mm-hmm. the fact that I would have had to get rebaptized, and I don't believe, like, even if I were to convert to being Catholic or Orthodox, you wouldn't have to get rebaptized. Right. Mm-hmm. That is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm not, I don't believe in getting baptized into a specific um, denomination, denomination mm-hmm. or religion, like, other than just Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was the main thing I had an issue with. Okay, speaking of baptism, you said that in the Salvation Army, you were mm-hmm. baptized by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So did you ever get baptized in water? Oh, I actually then ended up getting baptized in water. Somewhere when I was 18 or 19 in a Pentecostal church. Fun story. <gasps> oh, yeah, gosh. please tell. Yeah, so I ended up getting baptized. I love my mom's sister. So my mom's sister's church, that's where I got baptized. But it was an interesting thing where I was like, I am getting baptized, but I don't want to come and attend your church i just mm. want <laughs> i just want your baptism and then I'm i just done. want your baptism and i'm done because i still love the salvation army and i still love mm. my family and and uh, we cannot ignore family dynamics we're trying to right. say i'm going to change a church but i still want to stay in your house that type of thing you know <laughs> pick your fights and right. that was not a fight i wanted to pick uh-huh. so i was like i will just get baptized because that was important to me but mm. i still um i still continued going to the salvation army um so yeah yeah it's kind of my dad was baptized as a baby. Um, I grew up not knowing that Christian church was actually a denomination. It but, is? Yeah. Like uh, just, just so I went to St. John's Christian Church and I thought that was just the name of the church. I didn't realize that that was a specific dom- denomination. Oh. That's the oh. church my grandma went to. It's the church my dad went to. And then we grew up in um, before we got a little bit older. Um, but yeah, so my dad was baptized as a baby, and it wasn't until he and some friends, they planted a church a church together that he got baptized, like, by choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he didn't believe in being baptized without making that decision for yourself. Right. So yeah. He made that decision for himself. And so, like, while he was my dad, like, 30-something years old, he got baptized. That is so sweet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did he get baptized at the church that he planted? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, amazing. Oh, that is such a good example for everyone else at the church, though, is yeah. to see that. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I have a question for you, Alyssa. Oh, no. Okay. You're going to make me talk? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to make you talk. So, um, like, you were baptized not not far long ago. No. You want to tell me about that? Yeah. I, so, I'm 20, almost 25, um, came to Christ when I was, like, 20, and mm-hmm. I was terrified of being baptized because I was like... Mm-hmm. Everyone I know has been a Christian their whole lives. They were baptized as kids. Like, I'm going to be the weirdo adult (laughs) who gets baptized with seven-year-olds. I don't want that in my life. And so I avoided it for a really long time um, until I started working at a church. And the pastor comes in one day and is like, tell me your story. And so I did. Mind you, probably should have asked that before I was hired. (laughs) But it's fine. Um, So I tell him my story. And he was like, I'm so did you ever get baptized? And I was like, no, I've been too scared to get baptized. And he was like, oh, you have to. Not like you have to, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. but he's like, it's such an amazing experience. It would be such a good example for like the kids and our community to like come together around our new employee and our new, I had been volunteering in youth and children's for a while. And so I had gotten to know the community. And so he talked me into it. And actually the first pastor I ever worked with, um, 
baptized me at that church. And it was a really sweet moment um, Mm -hmm. because he has discipled me for years. And so to have him be the one who baptized me was just amazing Mm -hmm. Um, because he really has seen me grow in Christ. But doing it as an adult was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. That's why (laughs) I respect your dad. It's terrifying. (laughs) Right. Because it truly was, it was me, one other adult, and like three elementary schoolers Uh. in front of the whole church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, "Eh, I'm that weird, that weird one. But the sweetest little like eight-year-old, after I come up, you just hear her go, yeah, Lisa. And then she starts clapping. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you are the cutest. Because she was getting baptized that day too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was one of those just amazing moments where even a kid understood how cool that moment was and how... I call it, um, she's my baptism buddy now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a scary moment because I thought I was going to be judged by yeah. a lot of the people. Um, but everyone was gracious mm-hmm. and just happy that I had made that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was weird to work at a church, not be baptized, get baptized. Right, and then right. yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, have the whole community there. Um, That's so cool. We all have such different experiences with mm-hmm. baptism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it was especially weird because I would be talking to kids about baptism, right? never yeah. having been baptized. And I was like, I am such a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> you should do it. I swear it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, here I am, right, mm-hmm. right. an unbaptized heathen. heathen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was cool. Yeah. I just, my, my old church, uh, it was, it was so fun. We'd make a whole event out of baptism. Like, mm-hmm. It would be a block party. And so when I entered at this church, part of my job, like a couple of weeks before the baptism party, would be to go around the neighborhood and like local businesses and stuff, like asking them if they can put up the flat, like the flyers. Most said no, but some did, some said okay. Um, and pretty much like anyone was welcome to come. It was a block party for everyone. You didn't have to be religious. You didn't have to be Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they just wanted like there was going to be a bunch of food carts, activities for kids. Again, like non-denominational, non-Christian specific activities. And it was such a fun thing for the church to just be like, hey, like we want the community to celebrate with us. Mm -hmm. But then also just celebrate. Like there could be one person or 20 people getting baptized or more. And they would still throw this giant party. And I thought that was so fun. Yeah. I love that. Slightly off topic, but I have another question, unless mm-hmm. there's any more baptism thoughts. No. You no? Go ahead. No? Okay. So, um, I have only really experienced being a Christian in the Pacific Northwest, mm. which is not the most Christian place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious what it was like growing up in a Christian environment, whether mm-hmm. that was here in Portland or back home, Sam is from. <laughs> You gonna, you gonna share? I'm from Zimbabwe. There we go. <laughs> like you're gonna make me say it. I don't know what you want me to do. Um, but just what that was like, and whether it was welcoming, how you found that community, mm-hmm. what, um, what just growing up in the church, in your home was like. Um, I think I was. I, I don't know. I will start with answering. What has it been like being a Christian here? It will make it. It will help make sense of mm-hmm. of everything else. Uh, but being a Christian here, like. It's hard being a Christian in a world that is in a country or in a space, not even a country, in a space that is not Christian at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you know the PNW, you know it's <laughs> it's the wildest places in the world. You can be the only Christian amongst 100 people and it's normal and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 
I think one of the things that I learned with moving here is you don't even, don't have an option to be a lukewarm Christian. Mm-hmm. You either a real Christian, you're not, you know. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Yeah. If you choose to be a Christian, you're a Christian through and through, you know. If you're not, you're not because there's so many times that you're tempted. There's so many times yeah. that you're pushed. Your boundaries are pushed constantly and you have to choose. Yeah, so, it's not comfortable. You're not just like, I'm a Christian because all yeah. my friends are. It's like, actually, all my friends are mm-hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. Right. All my friends are not Christian. And there's so many things that you have to like, I would love to do that, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many places and and things and I don't I don't want to get into that, but there's so many things that your, your Christian is questioned and you have to stand firm on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... Going back home, it's different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had so many people that I talk to get angry at me for what I'm about to say. I feel oh, like back home, <laughs> I feel like to. back home I was a lukewarm Christian. I love mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. and everything. But I think being in a country where everybody, literally almost everyone is a Christian, mm-hmm. like 70% of people in my country are Christians. We have so many churches, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sound like an ignorant American, but I had no idea. Yeah. No mm-hmm. clue. Zimbabwe is one of the countries that is so many Christians. It's like, yeah, I know I still hear people sending so many missionaries and I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Thanks. I think we're good. I think we're good. So we have, we we do the daily prayer, the Lord's prayer every single day in school, like every school, like every single day in school. Yeah. Uh, So, so many things and people pray for each other and people say, God bless you. And they mean it. Mm -hmm. So all those things. um, So at the end of the day, I think being a Christian was more of, it's who I am, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's like a culture. It's like I'm I'm Zimbabwean. I'm African, but it's not like a relationship with God type mm-hmm. of thing. Culturally mm-hmm. Christian. It's, it's yeah. I was a culture. Yeah, that word that I'm not going to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. So that was the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference. Is um, I knew God mm-hmm. and I knew everything. And but I didn't get deep into theology. You know. I didn't get into deep into apologetics because no one questions so many things, you know. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to sit in a room with people asking me so many deep questions about why God did this or why God did that because everyone was just like, we were told God when we were kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think there was just that comfort um, in me being a Christian. I think being in that space, I've grown so much as a Christian because I have to. Yeah. 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 It's different. When mm-hmm. you're questioned every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's lived in the Pacific Northwest my whole life, pretty much, um, I guess up until about middle school, I don't know if it's just because I was a little kid and didn't really care and didn't care what people thought of me. And so I would just talk about being a Christian and it didn't matter because I just didn't care what people thought. But it wasn't until like middle school when maybe you're just developing a little bit more cognitively and you're starting to realize what these differences really mean. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when like people are starting to form their own opinions and and becoming more aware of like how they want to live their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't until about middle school Um, As I was talking about earlier, how some of my friends were asking me these hard questions. And again, it's because that's when you start to, you know, develop more. Yeah. So middle school and high school were when it started to get kind of tough, Um, especially in later my senior year of high school is when I started dating for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, But like that's when it had to be a decision. Um, (laughs) I got asked out for the very first time sophomore year and I turned the guy down 
because you know he wasn't Christian and I didn't want to have to deal with any of that but Mm -hmm. then senior year my my boyfriend he was very culturally Christian like raised in the church but he didn't believe in God Mm -hmm. he like straight up just didn't acknowledge or believe in God so he behaved in like a traditional Christian way yeah yeah he was spiritual he would go to church occasionally (laughs) oh well, I wouldn't even say he was spiritual at all. It like was you, all yeah. um, oh, what legal legalism. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was very legalistic. Um, didn't didn't pray, didn't believe in God or oh. anything like that. And that was so weird to me. Um, it was like a hard life to live as a Christian without the support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think now that he is, you know, an adult. Yeah. He, yeah. I highly doubt he goes to church. Um, but yeah, and then going to... Um, youth group like that was my life for a while I loved youth group and I I did extracurricular activities through school and stuff but youth group was my main one that was the most important to me and so I had a lot of Christian friends even though my um, middle school and high school most people weren't Christian Um, most people were raised very secularly and I was pretty outspoken I'm I was actually more outspoken then than I am now which is kind of a bummer. Interesting. <laughs> about mm-hmm. like some of my deep convictions. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. not spoken with the people that I know kind of swing more in the directions that I do. Yeah. But I was, you know, defending my faith and, and talking about like um, social issues that I really cared about in high mm-hmm. school. Um, and now I definitely tiptoe a lot more. But um, yeah, so what I witnessed with my, a lot of people I went to youth group with is either you went on to basically do ministry or, you know, like you're on fire for Jesus mm-hmm. or they just stopped going to church all together, like mm-hmm. not yeah. Christian. Like some, I think still at least have it on their Facebook statuses that they're Christian because they just never changed it. But you can, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. people can tell. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental manner, but like you can tell when someone isn't walking with the Lord anymore. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like half and half. Whoa. Well, that's I might even well. say I might even say more people walked away from the church. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't because our church was problematic or anything like that. I just think um when you are no longer taken to church with your family and church isn't like your main source of friends, like why do you go to church? Mm-hmm. If yes. you are not personally convicted by the spirit, then yeah. it, it you know, you don't yeah. really have much reason. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sad for me to see, like, most of my youth group friends just stop going to church altogether. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be. Even my very close friends. Oh, yeah. that's sad. But that's kind of what I feel like most people in the Pacific Northwest are. Like, I honestly do think a lot of people are just the lukewarm Christian. Like, some might still identify. Um, I think less now. I think our generation tends to just not even identify mm-hmm. as Christian at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like my parents' generation, if they were raised Christian, they might still say they're Christian, even if they're not practicing, yeah. even if they don't believe in any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even growing up, I called myself a Christian because I was like, well, I know God's real, but I had never been like, yep, he's my God. Mm-hmm. So then I called mm-hmm. myself Christian. And I was like, I was not. I yeah. was absolutely not a Christian. I just mm-hmm. acknowledged that he was real. Right. And as I'm reminded, like, even the devil knows that God is real. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yep. not giving yeah. your life to him is what does. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, no. I yeah. Mean, I gave such a bad image to Christianity <laughs> when I was growing up, and I feel so bad. Oh, oh yeah. But I it's cringe thinking about it. But it's also very, I think it's, it's also very comforting to be lukewarm, I honestly oh. feel like. Oh, it's easy because yeah. then you can 
claim however much you want to based on what the situation asks for. Like, you know, certain Christians have very deep convictions about things that Mm -hmm. are either very socially acceptable or not socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. Not to get into them now, but if someone asks you like, oh, what do you think about this specific thing because you're christian you're like oh well i'm not that kind of christian mm-hmm. right uh-huh that you're was like, me in mm-hmm. high school guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right and, and it's just it's, yeah. that's not what we're called to be as christians mm-hmm. we're like as, as jesus said he'd spit us out yeah <laughs> Gotta yeah, be that's why i did cold. not pick that verse as my favorite <laughs> <laughs> it, it deeply convicts me <laughs> I know. Well, my favorite verse is basically, you're known by your fruit. If you produce good fruit, that means you're a good tree. If you mm-hmm. produce bad fruit, you're a bad tree. And uh-huh. it's a yeah. very uh, more more palatable version of that. <laughs> <laughs> more pretty and aesthetic. Uh-huh. We use metaphors. Jesus was like, I don't want it. No, we I don't want to hear that. So we're like, trees. Mm-hmm. We like trees. <laughs> trees and fruit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did. Um, I lived in Australia for a year. And that was a very interesting experience going to a different church. I mean, as a lot of Christians know, Hillsong is mm-hmm. from Australia. And yeah. it's just a much different church culture than what we're used to here. You really get either the fire in brimstone, which is one church that I went to mm-hmm. in this little town that I lived in. It was the only church. Or you get the very, um, I don't want to say accepting in a bad way, but, you know, just like, very everything's feelings and grace and and all that but like never ever talking about sin never talking about anything that's like particularly convicting Mm -hmm. yeah just all very very cushy comfortable christianity or fire and brimstone Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah the extremes i know (laughs) there's no middle ground yeah right right. and so like me coming from a non-denominational background however you want to label that it was just very interesting seeing those two extremes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah my only experience in christianity growing up that wasn't like catholicism specifically mm-hmm. was my grandparents and i love them i'm still very close with them but they <laughs> they tried they were trying to convert me growing up because they wholeheartedly like believe that it is our responsibility to make disciples and it is right their version was to say, your mother doesn't believe, so she's going to hell. <laughs> and I went... They guilty tripped they you. Guilty <laughs> me. And, I, and so uh, I, they had said that for many years. And one time I looked back at her and I was like, then so am I, because I'm not leaving my mom. <laughs> and then I think they went, okay, we're not right. going to use That's that tool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work. So yeah, I too, it was all fire and brimstone. The world is ending. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we need to make disciples now. And I was like, Totally, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, right. Not through <laughs> that way. That way. That way is not great. So that was. I think that was hard too. When at like eight, mm-hmm. you're told oh uh, if you don't believe, you're going to hell, and that's it. And I was like, yeah. right. It just made me mad at God. I was like, He's going to send people to hell. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. at eight, you don't. I don't know. There's not that like yeah. cognitive ability to understand the deeper. Mm-hmm. motivations behind god and behind like this world that we live in yeah. um and that's what a lot of people like ex-christians that's one of their biggest gripes with christianity are people using hell as their right. their way to get you to behave mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like they're using it almost like this boogeyman like oh if you don't if you don't go to bed on time the monsters are gonna get you kind of thing <laughs> And it's like, if you don't behave, you're going straight to hell. And mm-hmm. it's like, what are you telling 
child this. But but I feel like I I just have a different feeling around that because mm. I feel like we have people who were raised in a church that was so big on, on hell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they turned out to be comfy and cushy. You know? Oh yeah. They they yeah. they instead of talking about it, they just went on and decided to choose grace, and then right. went deep right. into choosing grace, and then we abuse grace you know uh-huh. Uh-huh. we don't talk about sin we're not going to talk about hell mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about mercy and grace and god's mm-hmm. forgiving and loving heart yep so right. it's 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 interesting how we how we choose to respond to that Absolutely. every single time yeah we went a little far in the other direction right the, pe- yeah. the pendulum swings, <laughs> yeah. swings all the way to the other side yeah. mm-hmm. no i mm-hmm. agree with yeah. you yeah both are missing the point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a yes and it's a yes situation. and yeah. but we can't i think you said this the other day in our kitchen we can't appreciate Jesus if we're not talking about sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like what he did right. means nothing if we yep. don't talk about why he did it. Mm-hmm. Sin mm-hmm. and hell and the devil and all of these things. Yep. Hence why part of like the Easter season, Lent and Good Friday yep. are so important. Like you can't have Easter without Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Guys, growing up, I was like, why is this called Good Friday? He died. Mm-hmm. Why? I also Why? had issues with that. Like, funny enough, when I was young, I was like, there's nothing good about someone being crucified and dying on a cross. Like, you couldn't come up with a better word? Like, I feel like when he when he resurrected, it would be like a good one. I know. Good why Friday. isn't it called Ash Friday? It's like, why Why is Ash yeah. Wednesday the... Anyway, yeah. Listen, just, it's a lot of things, yeah. you know. It took me up until maybe last year to finally accept why Good Friday is called Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And I still am like, but it's... It like it's good, but it's sad. And yeah. so when I go to a Good Friday service, I don't expect to leave depressed. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. which you're not supposed to. And I know that, but every time do. I think about Jesus on the cross, I get real sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I have a question for you. Oh no. Okay. You, you, for both of you, you can choose not to answer. Do you think that the lack of context on why Jesus died, and the lack of talking about sin? actually makes that worse like mm-hmm. you our failure of understanding the good friday came from the lack of context absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i i think it, for a long time i didn't understand mm-hmm. why it was called good friday because i didn't understand how deep my own sin was yeah, yeah. and i think maybe it was two years ago someone was like you put the nails in Jesus's hand. Mm-hmm. Like we all did. Mm-hmm. Our sin now is why he had to be crucified. Mm-hmm. And without recognizing that, I was like, why do we call this Good Friday? Mm-hmm. Jesus dying is not a good thing. No, it's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the good news mm-hmm. because this sin that we experience every day, we don't have to feel stuck in it. Yep. We have something, yep. we have someone mm-hmm who loves us anyways and who wants to save us from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think not understanding the depth of sin meant I couldn't understand why Jesus being crucified was so good and why it was called Good Friday. And even now I still don't like to accept (laughs) that it's Good Friday because it just doesn't feel good, which again is not the point, (laughs) which that's the point. We're not supposed to feel good. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to be like repentant and, and, you know, yes, take responsibility and acknowledge our, our sin and our broken ways. Yeah. But it's like you think about Old Testament or like before Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice, Jewish people had to sacrifice other animals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to pay for their sin. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Because of this. Like you literally had to 
kill other things, mm-hmm. take the lives of other creatures to make up for your wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to do that anymore, which is good because I'd probably cry. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, we equate good to feeling good. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with you on, on without an understanding of the depth of our sin. Jesus' death means nothing. Oh, yeah. As, as hard as, yeah. So if we as Christians don't talk about our sin and not only talk about our sin, struggle mm-hmm. with sin, then Jesus is nothing, you know? Right. What's the point? What's the point? Mm-hmm. And, that's the, and, and I feel like the moment we do cushy-cushy and niceness, grace and stuff, then, then that's going to be hard. It's, it's not, it's honestly going to be hard to understand jesus but i have a tear-jerking idea oh no no. (laughs) i've already cried today okay yeah no no we're not gonna cry today but i actually thought of i'm like i have a tear-jerking idea we should watch the crucifixion together oh man yeah (laughs) it does that's why i get that even as a little kid watching it i would just bawl my eyes out oh my gosh i agree that we when i see okay i was just telling them before we turned this on (laughs) that i started watching the chosen and even just seeing jesus like personified i was sobbing yeah i feel like if i watch him die i can't i can't no he hugged someone and i started bawling okay watching him die is i'm gonna be it's like as soon as you depict jesus and i don't care how as soon as i know that that is a depiction of jesus immediately like seeing jesus savior it just it's so heart-wrenching or like i'm filled with so much joy yeah like i saw a super minimalist um charcoal drawing of jesus so obviously there's like no skin tone it was just like you know his visage Mm -hmm. yeah just outlines i'm like oh my gosh like that is it was so powerful to me yeah and it's insane yeah the saturday between good friday and easter sunday yeah. yeah, meet you in the living room. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like it'll be a good podcast topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we're gonna share about our experiences of, of, of being in Easter and enjoying yeah. Easter and watching. Because mm-hmm. I did the same. Like, funny enough, I decided one time I was so lazy to read the Book of John, so I came <laughs> up with a good idea. I'm gonna watch it. You oh, know, yeah. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I cried so much like mm-hmm. i cannot tell people how much i cried and i couldn't finish a two and a half hour move i was like i'm done i'm done so yeah there's just so much depth in watching jesus and like like because we read about him in the bible we don't get to have an understanding of he was a real person yes yeah. and his pain was real pain yeah, yeah. and these tears were real tears mm-hmm. you know yeah yes i so often when reading the bible and i know like old text, translations, all these things, I feel like we lose so much of the personality of yep. these people that we forget that they are human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a human being. Mm-hmm. He's God, mm-hmm. but he felt pain. Yeah. He felt joy. He laughed. He joked. He cried. He yeah. grieved. All of the things that we feel Jesus felt. And when I think about that, like I get emotional. I get yeah. super emotional. I mean, there's yeah. so much that happens that the disciples didn't see. There's yes. like... Even up to Jesus's ministry, like he lived an entire life. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a human person, yep. a human yeah. being. Yeah, that felt everything that humans feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's that was a human person that yeah. felt the very human pain we feel. Yeah, and then on our behalf, the most painful thing you could ever imagine. Right, and it's 
It's the most emotional thing. I know. Yeah. I'm also Thanks getting there. I'm also getting there. I'm sorry, guys. I, I think but you know what? Me. I feel like this is the right time to say this. It'll be such a pleasure to have you guys join our podcast. This is our kitchen talks are always like. Mm-hmm. They yeah. start with something that we never <laughs> think we're going right, to get there. Right. And they yeah. get so emotional and they, they we grow every spiritually. Like every dang time we we get deep into the deep mm-hmm. into theology and and that's what I love about yeah. hanging out with those women. Yeah, it is pretty exciting. Thank <laughs> you for joining us at the kitchen table where we ramble about theology. Mm-hmm. And this is Alyssa, Sam, and Sarah. Bye. Bye.